Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Force Chatter. We are going to be discussing Ahsoka, episode four. We're recording this right after we just got done discussing episode three. And I have both Lou and Tim with me today, which is great because Tim has been absent for so long now. And ironically, in yet another example of what our fans are not going to get to see on our little Skype video call here, he's visibly absent from the call too. Because yet I'm still or invisibly absent. Yeah. Invisibly absent. Yeah. The Skype has it, frozen it, his picture on just a picture of his microphone and him not at his desk, which is it, wonderful it, for Tim, Lou and I. Well, if Tim wasn't my stunt double, I would say, Tim, this is the best you've ever looked, but right. he's my stunt double. So I really can't say that. Yeah. But the stunt doubles yeah. never really look as good as the real actors. <laughs> you hear that, Tim? Just yeah, saying. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're going to talk about a few things um, about. Chapter four, Fallen Jedi. But first, a, a couple of quick notes. Episode five, which apparently is going to be one of the lengthier episodes coming in at just under an hour, is going nice. to be getting a theatrical release. It's going to be released in, I believe it's 10 theaters around the country. Um, I will get to go to the one in Washington, D.C., which is actually at Tyson's Corner in Northern Virginia. And, uh, so I've got tickets for that. Unfortunately, they overbooked intentionally. So I have to show mm. up early. I have to wait oh. in line by myself. I have to like not eat anything. Cause I can't get out of line to get food or concessions or whatever. Cause once they open the doors, like I'm gonna have to find a seat too. I'm not going to go wait in line for concessions and then go in there and be like nosebleed seats. And I have to hope I don't have to go to the bathroom for the hours that I will have to end up spending in line because I don't know how early I have to show up to make sure I can get in because not everybody who gets a pass is getting in, which is weird. That, that's crazy that they oversold. That's, strange. that's, yeah. that's super inconvenient. That's, yeah. I don't yeah. like that. And I'm traveling from, it's going to take me an hour and 45 minutes to get there. And if I get there and I can't get in, and then it's an hour and 45, it's like three and a half hours in the car to not even get in to see it. I will be very unthrilled, yeah. be very mm. cranky. So we're going to see how that goes, but it is, it's going to get a theatrical release for episode five, which is really good because this is clearly going to end up being a very, very epic episode. We might talk about that a little at the end of this recording. And I hope it's going to be cool. I don't know if they're going to be doing like swag and stuff like they did for the premiere thing. I'm guessing probably not. I can't imagine they're going to do a lot of pictures and promotional stuff because I'm only getting to see it an hour before everybody else. Like there's no time to get that stuff out in front of people. True. You know, yeah, by the time they can edit it that and get on it online, stuff, it's going to be after the fact. I mean, days old. It, it's, yeah. It's still good to have that kind of thing because it's fans yeah, sure. enjoying it doesn't hurt. You know, the show in, in the series. So yeah. Yeah. But I also don't know that like it's gonna catch that many's that many people's attention that like it's episode five. Like if you haven't already watched one through four. Mm. I don't know. Maybe the fact that it's getting a theatrical release at all is going to get enough headlines that people who maybe weren't looking at the show will say, Oh, well, maybe this is a really big one. Maybe I do need to go and, and start at the beginning of this one. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what their business tactic is with this. In the meantime, I don't care. I'm getting to go see Star Wars for free <laughs> in the theater. Got to go yeah, by myself. See. And like I said, I hope I don't have to hop out of line and use the bathroom and end up at 
the end of the line on a big screen is definitely going to be a treat yeah definitely so we'll talk a little bit more about episode five at the end of this recording but uh we're going to talk about chapter four here but first let's talk about the duration of these episodes a little bit a lot of times in the past we've talked about pacing and i know that i personally am kind of a stickler for pacing but I feel like the pacing has actually been really good. Even when we get short episodes like episode three, I thought it was well paced. I thought it was okay. Mm-hmm. But what do you guys think of the durations of these? Lou, tell me what you think about this. You know, I, I the durations to me are the biggest detractor from this series. Um, it's just, it, you know, it, it, when I watch something else on streaming, Jack Ryan, for example, I mean, all the episodes are about an hour, right? I mean, and I'm not saying you have to fill the time you have with the story, but it just seems weird to break things up the way they do and give us a, a half hour worth of content and then give us, you know, almost an hour worth of content. Right. Um, it, it just, it, it doesn't give you that consistent feeling. Even the first episodes that we had seen down in New York at the fan event, you know, get the first one done. I'm like, that was almost an hour. Fantastic. I can't wait for the next one. And it was like, what happened? They, 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 it was like half hour. What happened? You know, where, yeah. where'd the rest of it go? So, and nobody um, does this except Disney Plus. It's only on Marvel right, and Star Wars. Right. Everybody mm-hmm. else, Warner Brothers, whether it's Game of Thrones or the Harley Quinn mm-hmm. animated stuff, you look at yep. Amazon Prime, uh, all of these other Netflix, all of these other series, they're relatively consistent with the show durations. Yeah. I mean, I can see doing it, you know, a few minutes off here and there, but not these big swings they have for a 50-minute episode and then a 30-minute episode. Um, yeah. now, now that being said, with this whole first four episodes thing, I mean, this seemed like a great theatrical release movie. If you put these four together, um, duration wise, time wise, yeah. it just seemed like, and, and even where it ended with episode four, that was a great part one of a two part movie. Oh yeah. Now I don't think it would have worked in theaters just because like my next door neighbor, for example, who might go see the other Star Wars right. movies in the theaters, he's not going to know who Ahsoka is. He's not going to know who Sabine is. Like, mm-hmm. there's this is clearly designed more for people who've been keeping up. I think people who haven't watched will still enjoy it, but there are clearly going right. to be. It things would not have missing. it would not have the draw for a theatrical release movie. Now, right. they could have done this. So, so let me ask you guys this: What would you have said if they did this as a two episode miniseries type thing where you have two roughly two hour episodes you know kind of like the way they did the whole sherlock thing um i think i would have liked that there's an argument to be had that having weekly releases allows you to absorb what you've watched before you get the next piece of it like lou you were on lost chatter with me back in the day when we were covering Mm -hmm. abc's lost if they had done a Netflix thing and they just dumped a whole season at a time and we tried to binge that, our heads would melt. Oh yeah. Yeah. It would have been hot. You need tough. some time to actually process that stuff. Now, Ahsoka doesn't have all the kind of like plot twisty things that Lost did to be fair. Like it is different, but I don't know. Like, I think it would have worked. I think I'd be okay with either release format in this case. Yeah, I just feel like with the with the short episodes and the long episodes, they 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 tease you to the point where it's like, I'm just getting ready for more content, and then it just it just stops. Right. And it seems arbitrary the way they stop it. I mean, I don't like that. Like, I I want them all to be pretty similar. Make them all forty minutes or forty five minutes or something like that. Like close to it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well. I get that. 
All right. So chapter four picks up literally where chapter three left off. They're trying to fix the ship. They're trying to reach home one and they're unable to do it. Hu Yang's working on the ship inside along with Sabine. Ahsoka's standing watch outside. Sabine goes out to talk to Ahsoka and Ahsoka explains that if they can't make the journey to find Ezra, they're going to have to destroy the map. And Sabine has a hard time with that. Which is understandable, but she acquiesces to Ahsoka. She goes in and starts to gear up to assault the quote ground base. Though we we never really see a ground base. It's mentioned a couple of times, but the quote ground base is just this Stonehenge thing. And that, that's it. That's not a base. That's a bunch of rocks in a circle. I mean, they show the <laughs> inside of something, but is that a ship? That's the that's ship. Like flying, it's like overhead. So yeah, there's not yeah. really much of a ground base. Right. Oh, well. So Sabine goes back inside, and um, so does Ahsoka. Huyang goes outside to do further repairs and ends up facing off against, against some uh, HK droids. And uh, needs help, so he grabs a motivator out of the side of the ship. Apparently that's what it was that he broke. And he intentionally breaks it to alert Ahsoka and Sabine. I gotta say, Hu Young held up pretty well against the HK droids. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, when you consider that he, you know, sparred and trained Jedi, like, initially I was like, oh my gosh, how's he doing this? Then I, my brain connected that, oh yeah, this is a guy who, or droid, that trains Jedi. So, okay, so he's got yeah. some some talent. I mean, younglings, he, I wouldn't say he's at like assassin droid level, but yeah. Right, right. You know, he, he's, this isn't his first rodeo. Yeah. So, Ahsoka and Sabine take out the droids, and then they proceed to the, quote, ground base. And then meanwhile, back on home one, Hera's like, peace out. And dude's like, what do you mean? Where are you going? She's like, I'm out of here. And he's like, well, what do I tell other people? And she's like, that's your problem. <laughs> Make so, something up. Yeah. So she, Jason, and Chopper leaving the ghost, along with five X-Wings making up Phoenix Squadron, including Carson. It was nice to see him again. So they are off to the Denab system to look for Ahsoka, etc. So then back on CTOS, Balin and Elspeth activate the map. And then back on the Eye of Scion, the hyperdrive ring, the coordinates are being received and calculated. So they've got that process going. And then Ahsoka and Tabina are running through the woods, and they meet up with Merrick and Shin. And Ahsoka takes on Merrick, and Sabine takes on Shin. What did you guys think of this battle? Any thoughts? I, I, I thought it was cool. I, I liked it. I, you know, they, they obviously had to kind of have their, their one-on-one thing, uh, for, for each of them. Um, I like that, you know, Sabine kind of got another shot at her, um, even though it still didn't go necessarily as planned for her. I mean, she, she, she's still outclassed. But speaking of um, shots, though, like when she at the beginning of that, when she was using her blasters, she actually did pretty well. She took the the aggressive stance and had Shin retreating. And you can even see places like 
where Shin's body was a second ago, and then that's where Sabine's shooting. Like it's pretty yeah. close to being effective. Mm-hmm. I, I I appreciated that Sabine was using everything. Yeah, you know she she started off she's using blasters, and then she pulls out the lightsaber, and then she goes to you know cool things in the Mandalorian armor. So I, I, I really, I appreciate that Sabine was using the full arsenal. This wasn't just her saying, well, if you have a lightsaber, then I'm going to use a lightsaber and that's it. Then we're just going to use lightsabers. So, I mean, I, I, I like the fact that Sabine is this very non-traditional Jedi, yeah. um, in, in, in what she's doing. Don't be afraid to use a blaster yeah. or whatever cool stuff is in your armor. Right. Both she and Ahsoka are very adaptive. Yeah. Which is cool. Um, so she's taking on Shin. Ahsoka's taking on Merrick. And Ahsoka drops back to using one lightsaber instead of two. Which my understanding is that typically that is meant to be more of a defensive posture. Whereas the mm-hmm. two lightsabers are more aggressive. So uh, she managed to manages to dispatch Merrick, bringing to an end all of this controversy about who Merrick really was. And because I didn't get the episode three content released on time because you guys were at Dragon Con mm. and some other things came up, I didn't get to point out that this was actually leaked about a week early, maybe a little bit earlier, that Merrick was uh, a result of Nightsister magic. Mm-hmm. That green hissing smoke that escaped from him. If you look back to the Clone Wars, and uh, who was Darth Maul's brother? Um, uh, his name's right on oh. the tip of my tongue. I need to be better about Clone yeah. Wars trivia. That that's my big weakness when it comes to Star Wars trivia. But anyway, like we see the same kind of thing from him and and from other, um you know, Dathomir scenes and stuff. So it's kind of like, like we don't know whether this was, I mean, he, Savage, Savage. Thank you. And, uh, like, is this a reanimated corpse? Was this just a spirit inside of an armor shell? Like there, there are a lot of questions there that we don't have answers to, but we do know that it was clearly a construct of Elspeth. Right. So not bear Sophie. Not Starkiller, not Ezra. Thank goodness. Mm. Yeah. So that's the end of Merrick. Um, let's but, see. But you know, here. once again, they have a pretty cool character that we didn't really get much out of. Yeah. Uh, true. You know, a, a, a cool bad guy character that was just, you know, finished before his time. Yeah. I, f- I feel like there's been a lot of emphasis on the Inquisitors recently between rebels and Kenobi and like, I don't know. I guess I never really connected that strongly with them and the video games, you know, the fallen Jedi video games and stuff, um, or Jedi fallen order rather. And Jedi survivor, I I guess to me, it's like, they seem to keep popping up out of the woodwork. It's like, how many of these guys are there? Mm. So eh, I'm okay. Not, having too much of him, like at least they didn't build him up to be some mystery. The internet did that. It's not like the show right, did that. Right. So that's good. That's fair. So I don't feel yeah. too bad about it. What I don't understand I, you know, about I, this battle though, I, oh, go I ahead, think Tim. it was a cool thing. I, I, I just, I think it was a cool thing, uh, mm-hmm. you know, kind of 
who he was, what he was kind of thing. Uh, you know, obviously when, when ah- Ahsoka killed him and then this, you know, stuff vented out of him, it's like, Hey, wait a minute. That that's not how they die. Um, right. <laughs> so it then, yeah, it then had me, uh, thinking about things and then reading things and then finding out that, Oh yeah, he was, uh, he's basically a, 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 a night sister creation. Yeah. And Shin was clearly taken off guard by it too. Yeah. But then here's Shin, my question. There's a lot of stuff that Shin doesn't know. Yes. Like clearly a Padawan. Kept yeah. Mm, and yeah. she is kept in the dark about an awful lot of stuff. Yeah. Now, that said, like she's a total badass and I really really like the character. I like the actress. I think that she does a great job with this character. But the the writing of this seems very intentional that she is just really being kept in the dark about a lot of stuff that's that's true um my question about this battle is who young pointed out they do best when they stay together they agreed they're fighting mm-hmm. together ahsoka dispatches her opponent sabine's like go to the ground base that doesn't exist and so Ahsoka runs off. Yes. Why, why didn't Ahsoka take the extra 10 seconds to help Sabine get rid of Shin? Especially when Shin had beaten her before. Right. I mean, she, Ahsoka knows that Shin is powerful, Padawan or not. She knows she's powerful. She knows that Sabine is not. Right. Um, you know, she's still developing a lot of skill. And this that that really needed to be a thing. You it is know? such a risk um, to leave Sabine alone with Shen. It doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Of all of of the entire right. series so far, which I love, I'm I'm loving this series. The one thing that just it's a plot hole that you could fly a star destroyer through. Yeah. Why didn't Ahsoka help? I mean, she, she already bested her once, so why would you think she's going to do differently this time? Right. I yeah. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. But that's okay. You know, it is what it is. So. And and the thing is, though, is that it that was the build up to what to basically the transaction we knew was going to happen in this. Yeah, because we knew that Sabine was reluctant to destroy the map, and there it was, right there. She was presented with the opportunity to destroy it, even though she would have blown her freaking hand off. I didn't understand that. That she's like holding this little orb that's the size of a pool cue uh, or, or a pool ball, and she has her blaster right up against it. And I'm like, pull that trigger, you blow your hand right off. Yeah, right. I, well, I didn't too. understand. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're um, we're definitely but, gonna get to that anyhow, scene like, in a few minutes. Yeah, like we we knew that that's what this was building up to. That, and that she wasn't also gonna... like from a narrative point of view, if Ahsoka had intervened, then we wouldn't see more of Sabine face like Sabine has a direct adversary in Shin. They're both apprentices, they're both young, they're both like they they've kind of focused, they're locked in on one another. They are now adversaries. So we need to see Sabine have to take on that confrontation by herself and not have Ahsoka come up and save her from it. So like, I, I get it's storytelling, right? And sometimes in storytelling, you have to accept some plot holes in order 
for the narrative to work the way it needs to, because her story arc, her character arc needs that to happen. Right. True. So, so Ahsoka, however, runs up to the henge and finds Balin there. They have a little conversation. Balin starts uh, poking at Ahsoka about her failures. And uh, then they get into a little discussion about, you know, the past versus the future. Balin says one must destroy in order to create. And they have a lightsaber battle. I got to say, I am absolutely loving Balin's character. The more I see of Balin on screen, the more I absolutely love this character. And then we get to this lightsaber battle. And I have to say, this may be one of my favorite lightsaber battles in all of Star Wars. I'm not saying it's necessarily the best. I think the one in Revenge of the Sith was more impressively choreographed. Yeah. But I love that this one was clever. I love that Balin had kind of a unique stance. and. He adapted. He changed stances throughout. Uh, he was like the power behind his strikes were like at Vader level or stronger. Mm-hmm. And then yet also there were moments where it wasn't just about slow power. He dove in and did some really fast, nimble things as well depending on you know where he was changing up in the fight and ahsoka was changing up her stances and her approaches too it was a very clever lightsaber battle and it was awesome i loved that lightsaber battle i think it's one of the strongest i I thought it was i thought it was really well done i mean really good choreography with it and and yeah balon surprised me i i didn't expect him to be as swift of a fighter or as skillful as a fighter and you know for someone to hold up against ahsoka was obviously really good but he was also playing the psychological game with her yeah and you know i i I think that was actually the difference in that battle was the psychological game i would agree and we see that in ahsoka because there are times where you know you pointed out in the last recording that Ahsoka always is so calm and mm-hmm. just flows with whatever the situation is. And in this one, like she lost it. She got yeah. really pissed off. You could see it on her face. There was some like mm-hmm. serious dark side stuff there, especially when Shin shows up and then she slams Shin into the side of one of the rocks when she thinks Sabine's gone. Right. Yeah. With the, with, with her assumption that, I mean, if she, if she took a moment and, Tried to feel Sabine in the Force? Yeah, if she could have reached out through the Force to say, hey, she's still alive and well, but instead she went for the immediate emotional reaction, which is a very, you know, either uh, uh, undisciplined thing or a dark side thing to, 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 to do that. And that's, that's, that, that's really where she faltered. Hard. Blue, what are your thoughts on this battle? Uh, you know, I, I like you, Eric, I think it's a really good battle. It felt good. I mean, he felt so powerful. Yeah. I was kind of surprised about that. I just, um, I love the way he held himself in the, like his yeah, sense I, of, I mean, I, I love his character. Yes, yeah. exactly. Uh, but I'm also concerned though with, with the whole, you know, like 
like you know, Tim had mentioned before how how calm and sedate um, Ahsoka has been through this, and all of a sudden, this one, she feels that I lost her. So now I'm just going bonkers now. It, mm-hmm. it so it seemed out of character for her, you know. I mean, and we don't know the whole backstory of their initial training and why she walked away. Um, I'm wondering if we should have had some more backstory to that to see if it plays into this. I, I don't know. Who who walking away? Ahsoka? Ahsoka. From the Jedi Order? No, no, from Sabine. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, well, there's a hint about that, that we'll get to in a minute. But okay. yeah, we, we don't know the details yet. But I I think one of the things I liked about Balin is he's got this very Vader-esque lightsaber style a lot of very powerful strikes and yet Vader was always very wrapped up in his emotion and Balin seems the epitome mm-hmm. of calmness even more so than Ahsoka and knows exactly how to get those psychological jabs in and then Sabine shows up which we'll get to in a minute and he manipulates her too like he's he's both he is this you know you think about someone like Darth Maul from the movies and he's like this pit bull and then you get someone like Dooku who, while a very good, you know, great lightsaber duelist, but really his focus is more the politics, the manipulation. And Balin is kind of the blend of both. He doesn't have the emotional instability you could argue that Vader has. Right. And yet he's able to just like physically overpower people as well as psychologically overpower them. He is like quickly becoming one of my favorite characters and it is, not just because of this, but it's a shame that Ray Stevenson has passed on, the actor who plays Balin. Yeah. Uh, for those who didn't know, I mean, it's that's tragic because of Ray Stevenson. Yeah. yeah. Separate from that, in the show, it's tragic also as a fan of the show that we're not going to get to see more of this character that Ray Stevenson so brilliantly brought to the screen. And if they decide to keep this actor, uh, we don't know what his fate is at the end of the series, but I mean, they're going to have to recast him. And I can't imagine anyone doing this as well as Ray Stevenson does. This is just yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he plays it really well. I, I love the characterization. I like the, you know, this, this dichotomy also with, with Morgan, uh, the interactions that he has with her, because that's, I mean, seemingly he is, uh, at least going from the interaction that he had with her in the first episode that he's basically a mercenary. And yet he doesn't ever come across as if he's subservient to her either. Like he's not right. You don't ever see him submit to her. He still maintains his own sense of presence. Yeah. And, and, and she actually also not to say that she defers to him, but she, she, she does ask about his, I guess, at least his thoughts and feelings through the force. Yeah. There's clearly, especially when respect. it, when it has come to, yeah. When it has come to Ahsoka, uh, you know, there, there were a couple of interactions that they had regarding Ahsoka where he's like, you know, either says, Hey, you know, it's going to be too bad that she's, that we have to kill her because there's not many Jedi left or, yeah. you know, he's very apprehensive about the fact that she's involved in this whole thing knowing her reputation which is then also why he pushed kind of his little bit of psychological warfare with her because he figured that was probably the only way that he was going to win against her i mean she's she's good (laughs) she's ahsoka 
And it's interesting right. too, because like, he seems like he's not fully Sith. He's not fully dark side. He has his own agenda. And yeah. Ahsoka is not fully light. She walked no. away from the Jedi order. She is her own thing. She is not Jedi by name, by right. title. Uh, she may be yeah, by training, she leans but she's a little not by bit, title. Right. Yeah. yeah. She leans a little bit more toward the light side. He seems to lean a little bit more toward the dark side. But they're also um, both close to center, like compared to yeah. either Sith or Jedi. So they're closer yeah. to that middle of the spectrum. And I think that's that's also kind of an interesting dichotomy there too, an interesting um, kind of a back and forth. So. Yeah, yeah, it, it it really is. I mean, just I I want to, I I'd like to know more about his backstory, and I want to know you know where he picked up Shin and yeah. Just like, you know, kind of the things that he's been training her and, you know, maybe some of this is, is going to come out because I mean, they've, right. They also have been really good at giving us even just kind of little flashbacks of, you know, kind of like a, Hey, where were you during order 66, uh, right. type of thing? You know, how, how, how did you survive? Um, you know, we may get a minute and a half of flashback that kind of fills in enough of that, uh, to, you know, to satisfy our, our interest in the character. Yeah. I also think it's interesting how Balin handles things when Sabine shows up. So Sabine shows up, grabs the map. Well, Ahsoka pulls the map off of the pedestal. The map is activated. Mm -hmm. The map is interacting with the pedestal. She burns her hand from the Dark Sister energy, has to drop mm -hmm. the, the map. And then Balin <clears throat> really ends up overpowering her. And Sabine goes over, picks up the map, now deactivated, now inert and holds a blaster pistol to it saying let her go or i'm going to destroy the map in my left hand <laughs> presumably and she didn't say that but i mean clearly shot right through her hand like you pointed out to him and it's interesting how balin handles it balin clearly knows that he can take sabine so he knocks ahsoka right off the cliff like that whole kind of standoff thing that you think is really happening totally isn't he just takes over Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's brilliant. Right. And completely unexpected. I'm like, whoa, hey, isn't that his leverage? He just got rid of his own leverage because he knew he didn't need it. Gets Ahsoka, you know, throws Ahsoka off the cliff. And then you see him close his eyes and take a deep breath. Mm -hmm. Puts his lightsaber away. And then he just goes right back into calm and saying, you're, you're not going to destroy that map or you already would have. You need right. to find Ezra. And I promise you. No harm will come to you if you come along with us, because the only way you're going to get Ezra is by coming with us. And then until Shin decides to take her frustration and, out. until, yeah, no harm will come yeah, right. to you right. until Shin wakes up. <laughs> That's right. But yeah, then no, he puts it, her in her place. Yeah. Which, which Shin is also not happy about. No, but again, it's, it's, you know, and, and, and we've certainly seen, I mean, through, the prequels and, and through the clone war series that, you know, Padawans aren't always happy with the, the direction of their masters. Uh, you know, but this is, is you, you can just blatantly see the frustration that, that Shin has. I mean, for as much as she respects her master and I think to an extent fears him. Um, but you know, also like she does not like being kept in the dark. Right. Um, and, and, and again, this is more of it. I mean, yeah, she was, 
either unconscious or close to it when basically he cut this deal with Sabine and now she wakes up and she's like, Oh, look, there she is. Now I'm going to kill her. Uh, sorry. No, can't do that. Let her go. Yeah. Um, yeah. So some, some interesting stuff here, it, you know, and I was wondering where this was going to go with Ahsoka in, in the moment when Sabine showed back up, because I thought either uh, Ahsoka is going to kind of become reinvigorated with, you know, with hope, with all these good feelings that, oh my gosh, Sabine is still alive. And now I'm going to, you know, beat back this monster. But I think kind of the, that whole surprise of the whole thing coupled with this, her own frustration, her own disappointment that Sabine wasn't destroying the map. Um, you know, that's, that's what really threw her off. Right. Hey, all I'm saying is Balin won. Yeah. So there. Oh yeah. No, Mm -hmm. Balin definitely won. Score one for Balin. So back to this whole thing about the rift between Sabine and Ahsoka. Balin points out to Sabine that, uh, I forget the exact wording, but your family fell or your family died because your master didn't trust you. Mm -hmm. So the speculation is that it has to do with Sabine wanting to go back to Mandalore around the time of the night of a thousand tears and Ahsoka wouldn't let her. Mm. And that is part of what drove that rift between them. And probably like not hatred because Sabine probably realizes, you know, Hey, if I'd gone, I'd be dead too. But then it's still frustrated because, well, at least I could have tried to do something. So still, there's still resentment there, even if Sabine recognizes that ultimately Ahsoka was probably right. So that's probably why it's merely strong resentment instead of like completely destroying the relationship between the two of them. That's Mm. my guess. So the rest of the episode here, uh, the hyperspace calculations are complete. Balin destroys the map and then he, Shin and Sabine shuttle up to the eye of Scion. Meanwhile, Hera and the Phoenix squadron arrive. Hu Yang updates them. The eye of Scion leaves the atmosphere and prepares to jump and Phoenix squadron begins to engage. But then the eye of Scion jumps to hyperspace, causing a big wake that destroys Three of the X-Wings, the Mm -hmm. Ghost, Carson, and one other X-Wing survive. We're not sure yet which pilot it is. Then we get this scene where Ahsoka awakens to find that she is in the world between worlds, as seen in Rebels, and turns around behind her and sees what appears to be a young Anakin around the time of Revenge of the Sith and seems really happy to see him. Despite the fact that then when it cuts to black, Vader's theme plays. Now, an interesting note here. Anakin seems to have Darth Vader's lightsaber on his belt. Oh. Yeah. There Fun is, fact. Didn't notice that. There's a clear difference between Anakin's lightsaber, which has a chrome hilt, and Vader's lightsaber, which has a black metal hilt. And this one clearly seems to be Vader's. Now, the question is, is this Anakin's force ghost? Is it Ahsoka's manifestation of Anakin? Like this is like 
kind of in her own mind kind of thing? Or is it something else? Is it the brother? Because the sister, uh, during the episode in Clone Wars, where the sister sacrifices herself to revive Ahsoka, then the sister turns into this like manifestation of an owl-like bird. Which in Rebels, when they're in the world between worlds, that bird is there and comes to Ahsoka. So is the right. sun also in the world between worlds? And is this because the sun had a connection to Anakin? So is this the sun? We don't know what this is yet. Mm. So but we're no, we know we're going to see more of it in episode five. Oh, yes. It would not surprise me if episode five were basically nothing but she and Anakin going through the world between worlds. Mm. Now, now, how long is that episode supposed to be? That episode is the longest. It's going to be, I think about 50 minutes, not including credits and such. Okay. It is going to be so just direct a touch to- longer than the first episode. Yes. Um, it is supposed to be the longest of the series. It is directed mm-hmm. by Dave Filoni. Mm-hmm. Um, this will be the last one by Filoni for the series. And I'm going to say a couple of things that I do not consider spoilers. Some people might. And if you're really sensitive about this kind of thing, this might be a good time to to cut out because this is basically the last thing that we're going to cover for the episode. But I promise you, I don't really see this as spoilers but it's up to you. Um, I mean, the, the last time Eric, that kind of disappointed me with the spoiler thing was mm-hmm. when earlier you told me that tomorrow is Monday. <laughs> well, and, um, yeah, sorry. And then once I confirmed that in fact it was, I mean, that that's, that's a significant spoiler, but I got to tell you, and I'm, very, and I'm very upset with you for that. I've got a good track record though, with accuracy at least, because tomorrow is Monday. So you got to well, at least give point. me that. Yeah. So sorry everyone for ruining that for you. I am not going to ruin episode five with what I'm about to say. I promise it is clearly going to focus on the world between worlds. That's obvious. And like what we saw in rebels where Ahsoka and Ezra were walking through and seeing different scenes of things that had happened. It makes perfect sense that that's probably what we're going to spend most of this episode doing. So. There has been talk on the internet, if you've kept up with any kind of rumors or leaks, one of the biggest ones that has been going around about this series is that some of what they will be showing, and again, I'm not going to get into specifics, so don't worry, but would be alternate takes of different moments through Ahsoka's life with Anakin. Like, what would have happened if she had done something differently? And so kind of like a multiverse kind hmm. of thing. Right. Interesting. And apparently so are we going to see things like in live action that we have only seen in animation before, um, like basically recreations of scenes. So that does seem to be the case. And again, it's implied. That's cool. Right. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. going to say that's a spoiler. That's clearly implied by what we saw in the end of, of this episode. What we are not going to see is the multiversal stuff that we thought we were going to. In fact, there's one scene in particular that everybody on the internet knows about that was apparently filmed. In fact, they did two different cuts of it because they, they couldn't decide whether they wanted to go 
one way or another with a certain well-known character. That scene has been cut entirely. And the reason I point this out in this episode is that if you've been keeping up with the leaks and you are going into episode five with an expectation of seeing what would be this really, really cool scene, and then it's not there, you might be disappointed. And I don't want you to be disappointed going to episode five. So I'm going to tell you now that that really cool alternate history scene is no longer there. From what I'm aware of, of leaks, we are only going to see actual canon moments. So that's all I'm going to say about it. Hmm. So, like I said, I don't feel like that spoil anything. But if you're going in expecting kind of a multiversal what if sort of thing with some of these shots, apparently they decided not to go that route. And there are some specific reasons, and we will discuss that next week after the episode airs. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to throw that out. Now, that being said, there are a lot of um, leaks about both this episode and other things happening through the end of the series. Uh, that are really cool. There are going to be some really cool shots uh, in episode five. Um, and I don't know. This is not a spoiler because I don't know whether we're going to see anything about uh, Ahsoka and Sabine in their history, but I think we will probably get, I've reasonably, we will probably get at least one scene that maybe describes the rift a little bit. Okay, that'd be good. Also, the other leaks that have come out about the rest of the series are freaking amazing. They're epic. <laughs> um, I've been staying away from them. So. And I won't reveal any. I as well. Yep, yep. not going to reveal any. I will say, though, that we have talked before about the fact that you know the series has to have a satisfying ending with story arcs, but it also has to be that the good guys don't win and defeat Thrawn because Thrawn has to stick around for a while. And I will say that the end does yeah. not look entirely good for the good guys as expected. And I think that's awesome. Um, oh, good. I mean, the, the, the thing is they can't have so much build up to Thrawn that they're and, doing and they just throw in novels away. that they've done in rebels that they're doing in this, that they, alluded to in Mandalorian, et cetera, et cetera. And then, yeah, just like, Oh, Hey, we beat him. Yeah. Like, right. You can't do needs that. Right. To be persistent for a while. And so there needs to be a series or a movie after this, that, you know, does something up big with, with Thrawn that, and, and that, this that is, is focused on Thrawn. I mean, this is focused on Ahsoka and Sabine and their journey to, stop Thrawn slash save Ezra. And, you know, I'm all for the save Ezra, but Thrawn slips by them kind yeah. of thing. And then give Thrawn his own thing that they focus on. Please. Thrawn is, and has been for literally decades, one of the biggest fan favorite characters in all of Star mm -hmm. Wars. One of the absolute biggest up there with Luke and Han and Leia up there with Boba Fett at his peak of popularity up there with Ahsoka Thrawn is one of the biggest fan favorite characters. You can't just throw him away. Speaking of which at dragon con, Lou and I ended up walking around with Tim's on for a little bit. Really? And his yeah. son. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Just they just, 
happened to be in line where we were. So, you know, wow. We recognize him immediately, so of struck up a conversation with him. It was the I mean, he kind of looks like you guys, so bald, a little birthday. goatee thing. <laughs> That's right. You know? He's a member of Team Bald Guy. Yeah. He is a member of Team Bald yeah. Guy. Yeah. Did you tell him I said hi? So, um, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Of, of right, course, because he yes, totally knows exactly. who I am. I'm pretty sure it was you, Lou, who, who said that Eric says hi. Yep, we did. Yep. Yeah. And he, he got the deer in the headlights look. He's like, oh, okay, good. Yeah, I mean, he he recovered pretty quickly and acknowledged it and moved on. So Good. yeah, yeah. Well, he's pretty quick. Well, I mean, after after mentioning that it was still a uh, violation of the restraining order by yeah. having some <laughs> passing messages, but yeah, he, I know he, he apologized on your behalf. So I don't think there'll be any trouble. For so him. many celebrities, so many restraining orders. <laughs> I tell you. No, Tim, it really is a a good guy. If you ever get. Let me re- let me rephrase that. Timothy's on. I'll have to go back and edit that out. Oh, so sure, there's no too. like evidence, like a recording. <laughs> Someone can snip out later. <laughs> Timothy's on, who goes casually by Tim, except you know professionally he prefers Timothy. Uh, great guy. Like if you ever get a chance to meet him yeah. for a signing or something like that, he's just he's so nice to the fans. He's he's brilliant. He's very plugged into Star Wars. Like he has really interesting ideas and insights about what is going on in Star Wars in general, um, even outside mm-hmm. of the part of it that he dabbles in. Really great guy. I'm glad you guys had fun at, at Dragon Con. Sounds like it was a good time. It was. Oh, it was. It was. Yeah. It, was it was Lou's first exposure, and now I think he's an addict. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was good. I'm definitely looking forward to going back. Yep. Yeah, maybe next year I'll have to go. <laughs> next year when I want, I'm not taking like 12 pills a day and can actually <laughs> keep up, I'll, uh, I'll have to go. Maybe I'll even get a costume by then. Come up with something. Not a Gungan. Come on. No. No, not a Gungan. Not going to happen. do a Gungan. I mean, give me one good reason to not do a Gungan. It's a Gungan. Oh, I have a lot of reasons, Tim, but I'm still yeah, doing one. But if we're going to start with reason number one, it's a Gungan. <laughs> I mean, you can st- stop right there and it's sufficient. So, all right. Well, you know, there's a lot more I want to talk about with this, uh, with this series and some really, really amazing leaks that are out there. Uh, but uh, I, I won't, which is sad. But I think that means I, I we're going to have to wrap up is, this episode. Yeah, I mean, the good news is there's some great stuff coming up, it seems like, and we've got some great stuff already. Yeah. The bad news is we're halfway through. I mean, <laughs> it's sad True. to say that we A little are less. There's through. nine episodes. I mean, so... Uh, true, know. true. But I mean, I, I I wish we'd get a dozen episodes. In. Yeah, that would be Maybe nice. they were all 45 minutes long or something. It'd be, this is be such fantastic. a great series. But, and it's so cinematic. The feel to it really feels like Star Wars more so than any other series we've gotten so far. Um, the episodes all tell one cohesive story. They're not episodic episodes like The Mandalorian. This mm. just, this feels really good as star wars and the other thing too is all of the content we've seen from the trailers we've already seen in the show so everything is new from this point out oh with the exception of thrawn with the exception of thrawn yeah we've got a couple of like very brief yeah yeah with the exception i've seen the uh, little featurette that's on disney plus for ahsoka um it's a like 
quasi behind the scenes thing. It's like eight minutes long. I may have, was, um, if it was released before the series premiered, then yes. Cause I've seen some of those. I, I don't. So I actually just saw it for the first time today on okay. Disney plus. I didn't notice okay. it before, mm-hmm. um, but I wasn't looking for it. So, but it just kind of popped up for me today when I was on Disney plus and I watched it. So I'm not sure if it is brand new or not. I, I didn't mm-hmm. look at a uh, release date on it, but, but yeah, there's a little eight minute featurette. They have interviews with, uh, Dave Filoni, Rosario Dawson, Kathleen Kennedy, uh, you know, they talk a little bit of just kind of like some of the behind the scenes stuff and the evolution of the character and, and, and that kind of thing. It's, it's, yeah. it's good. It's, I mean, it's nothing like earth shattering, but it, it was, it was good for what it was. Yeah. Sounds like the one I saw it. It was good. It's definitely worth checking out. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Force Chatter. Then um, we're going to be back next week after episode five drops. And I imagine we're probably going to get an episode out right after that, because I think episode five is going to be absolutely epic. I think there's going to be a lot of stuff to discuss. I think we're going to have to watch it a second time each before we record. It's going to be a big deal. So we are going to be bringing that to you later this week. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, take care.